Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Oh, good morning. That was good. That was some good worship. Hey, thank you guys for being here this morning. Thank you for braving. It's like, it's like a cool front came through today. It's, it's, it's under 100. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, praise God for that. Yeah. And so uh, you'll notice our little machine out there. So our, all three of our ACs are broken down. We're waiting on parts. So we, we're running off this one here. And I have a, a bunch of good friends and good pastors in the town. And they said, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy. Uh, that can get you some AC. And so I just want to thank New River Fellowship for helping hook us up with this thing over here so we can keep the, the place cool. And, uh, and so I just want to appreciate them. And, man, God's doing an amazing work over there as well. It's just it's like what he said, what God's doing across the earth. God is doing something across the earth, and, and we get to be a part of it. What an honor to do that. And so I want to pray, um, and then I'll get to the message today. But before I do that, um, I want to have a couple of announcements today. If it's your first time here, you've been here for a long time and haven't had the opportunity to connect with us, I say this every week. Uh, we would love to connect with you. In front of you, there's a QR code that's going to bring up a little link tree. There's several ways to connect, several get you more information about the church as well. You can give online as well. And so we just want to give that resource to you so you can stay informed. And so if it's your first time here, just fill out that connect card for us electronically, and we're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. As well, kids get back from kids camp later today. Yes, that's awesome. It's been an amazing journey for them as well. And then we start VBS, gearing up for that in August. VBS, you're not excited. Like, VBS is good, right? VBS is awesome. But here's the cool thing. On the 13th, we're all going to go to Splash Kingdom together, and we're going to celebrate and have a good time. Uh, so bring a friend uh, to Splash Kingdom on the 13th from 6 to 8 o'clock. Free admission, just come on, bring people, all right? Uh, and so... Uh, it's going to be a good time for that as well. And so if you would, stand with me for the reading of the Word. I'm just going to get straight in this morning. So we're in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version this morning. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Father God, I thank you for this word today. Lord, I thank you for this freedom series. And Lord, I pray that today we would have the tools to break down every stronghold that's in our life. God, every demonic stronghold, every mental stronghold, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the tools and the courage to pick up the tools and do the hard work of demolishing that thing, smashing it into dust, and God, that we build an altar on top of it, saying, Lord, you have delivered us. Thank you, God, for your freedom. Thank you, God, for this message. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which is truth. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all, the, all God's children said, amen. amen. All right. 
So we are in this series for the summer called Free by Fall, and our, our prayer is that we're all free by fall. Hopefully you're free before fall, but by fall, we're going to walk through some things, and we've been walking uh, through this a journey to be free. And so we had to lay the foundation, right? Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. If you don't have Jesus, then none of this is going to work. And, and so we talked about that. And then we talked about ha- having Jesus in all things. And then also last week, uh, Mike brought a powerful message about forgiveness. And he, he gave us a good teaching and a, and a way to, to forgive people. If we can't get forgiveness out, then the rest of this doesn't matter. That's the one thing that holds people back more than anything is unforgiveness. And even what I'm talking about today in strongholds, there could be a stronghold of unforgiveness in your life. And so we're going to talk about how we can start to tear those things down and and allow God to step into that stronghold and help demolish it and so he can bring freedom to you. Whether you realize it or not, every bondage, every stronghold and bondage is rooted in a spiritual deception. We believed a lie somewhere, and it has caused us to build this, this stronghold in our mind. And so what is a stronghold? Some of you may not know what a stronghold is. So the definition is this. It's a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. Also, it's a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. So with this definition, a stronghold is a place. The stronghold we're talking about today is not in your front yard. It's in your mind. The stronghold is often in our mind. Every stronghold that we deal with in our life is in our mind. And it's in our will. And a stronghold is anything that we or anyone even, we run to instead of the Lord. It's a reliance on ourselves. It's a reliance on us to protect ourselves. And we rely on maybe somebody else to protect us. But the issue with that is we're running to something that will fall. We're running to something that isn't secure. And the issue that we have with building our own stronghold, we build it thinking it's going to protect us. But unfortunately, it becomes a prison of our own design. And we find ourselves trapped inside the stronghold or prison, and we can't let anyone out. And the stronghold we build doesn't have any doors. It doesn't have any windows. No one can get in. No one can get out. And we think we're safe, but the reality is, is we have walled ourselves in with the enemy. We have walled ourselves in with the, the enemy of our souls, and now he just sits in our house, and he does whatever he wants to do. And our spiritual strongholds, are a place in our mind, and it becomes a pattern of thought, a pattern of deception, and a thought that dominates our lives. That's what what the spiritual strongholds are talking about. The strongholds in our mind are are patterns in our thought life, patterns in our thinking, and that's why this passage is so powerful. He says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Paul, Jesus, all the writers of the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, you go back, they talk a lot about our mind, our thinking, our thought life. The enemy works best in our thoughts. And if we don't hold those thoughts captive, if we don't grab them, they will dominate our lives. And they will build and erect a stronghold in our lives. And so we have to demolish them. To demolish a stronghold, it must be fought in the will. I want to read Psalm 18 to you because the psalmist understood the power of the will. And as I read this, I want you to grab a hold of how many times he says will. When he says I will, he's saying I am willing to, like I am willing myself to do this. I'm I'm putting myself under your authority. So Psalm 18, one through three says, I will love you. I choose to will to love you, Lord. I will Lord my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I 
will trust. I will to trust him. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We have a stronghold and his name is Jesus. Any other stronghold is a prison. And so we have to today go after the stronghold and run to him as our source of safety. The psalmist understood this. And then he goes, he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The psalmist knew that the only stronghold, the only place to go was the Lord Jesus Christ. And every stronghold we set up that is not Jesus is a prison. The psalmist knew the power of the will. He said, you, I will let you alone be my stronghold. And so we have to ask ourselves this, how do we, how do we build strongholds? How do strongholds get built in our life? And there's really three things that, that contribute to a stronghold in our life. Think of a wall. Like, how do you build a wall? You need, you need dry material, you need bricks, right? And you need mortar. And so here's things that help build the wall, the stronghold in our life. The first thing is we experience a hurt or an event happens. Like something happens to us we weren't expecting. Something bad happens to our life. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's something somebody said. Maybe it's something somebody did. Maybe it's something you believed that somebody told you. That event happened. That, that, thing, that thing occurred. And, and, and now you're stuck with it. And you're like, what do I do with this? It's just an event. It's just dirt. It's, it's just the thing of which you can form whatever you want. Right? It's just an event. And so what happens is we take that event and we try to analyze it and we think about it. And then we start to believe the lie that the enemy puts in our minds about that event. And we start to shape that dirt into a brick. And that is the lie we believe. That's the believing the lie. Man, why did this happen? Oh, because you deserved it. Oh, I deserve that. So I'm going to build that brick. And then once you have the brick, you got to lay it down, right? But it only sticks if you take a vow. So what does that vow look like? It's saying, oh, I'm never going to allow that to happen again. They will never have place in my home. They will never have a place in my life. I will never put myself out there again. These are how we build our stronghold. So we experience a hurt and then we form, we believe a lie and then we take a vow. And so we have to deal with each of those things. And so the best way to not have a, to take down a stronghold is to not build one in the first place. And so here's the clue to doing something with your dirt because events happen, right? Things happen to you. You can't do anything about it. It's just dirt. It's just things that happen. But it's the thing we believe about the thing that happened that holds us captive. The event has no power within it itself. Only the lie that's been contributed to that event changes our souls and dirties our souls. And so we have to take every negative event and hand it to Jesus. In fact, every negative event not handed to King Jesus will dirty your soul and dominate your thought life. You have to give it to him immediately. I love Ephesians 4. The writer says, and don't let sin, don't, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on you while you're angry, for anger gives the enemy a foothold, a foothold to the devil. He's saying, deal with it immediately. Don't let the, the event get into your soul. Give it to Jesus immediately. You have, to, you have to give it to him because the enemy wants to get a stronghold in your life. And all he needs is a foothold. Because I want to tell you, when you give the enemy a foothold, he will build a stronghold. Look, I'm not denying the pain of the event. I'm not denying that it didn't hurt. I'm not denying that that thing didn't, didn't cause something in your soul. But I am saying 
that that event has no power until you believe the lie about that event. You may think in your life, man, when that thing happened to me, that changed everything in my life. When that event happened, like the whole world changed. The event had no power. The lie behind the event is what changed your life. Did the event hurt? Yes. Did the event cause something to happen? Yes. But I want to just be real with you today. If something happened to you 20 years ago and you're still ruminating on it and you're still blaming that for your current situation, then you're believing a lie about that event. That event has no power. You have to overcome that lie. You have to, you have to apply the truth to that lie. Because if you're still living on the hurt of 20 years ago, obviously you've believed a lie about that event. See, we're overcomers, Christians. We are overcomers. We are people that overcome. We don't allow things of the past and events of the past dictate our future. Jesus is the one that holds our future. And so we give it to him immediately. We can't allow the enemy to cut in because when that event happens, here comes the enemy right alongside of it. He's like the pushy salesman, right? He, open, he knocks on the door. You open the door and he's like, puts his foot in. He's like the pushy salesman who's trying to sell something to you. But I'm telling you, what he's selling is deception. It's snake oil, right? It's a really bad pyramid scheme. Don't get involved, right? Satan is selling deception. And all he needs is his foot in the door to start to seed that lie into your heart. We have to give it to Jesus immediately because the enemy will use that event to build a stronghold in your life. And he starts to see the lie and you start to believe it. The deception becomes so real. It makes sense, doesn't it? The lie just makes sense. Man, this happened because I shouldn't open myself up. This happened because maybe I deserved it. This happened to me because, man, I just put myself out there and I knew I shouldn't have. This happened because I was stupid or irresponsible. The truth is things happen to us, but Jesus overcame all of those things. And so what we do is we start believing the lie the enemy is telling us, and we start to form an opinion or a brick about that. We start to believe it, and we build it into a brick, and, and it starts to, to just, we carry it around with us, don't, us, don't we? We carry this brick around, and we're waiting for somewhere to lay it down and to build a stronghold in our life. The lie is the brick. We have to give our bricks to Jesus. And so we make the brick, and then we put some mortar on it by making a vow. I'm never going to allow this to happen again. I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm saying, this is never going to happen to me again. I'm never going to allow that person into my life again. I'm never going to step out again. I'm never going to try again. I, 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 see, it, every time it happens, right? Every time I step out, it proves me right. And the problem with the vow is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the, our words have power. Our thoughts have power. And when you, when you make a vow saying, I'm never going to step out again, maybe you've had a hurt relationship, you're like, I'm never going to step out and give my heart to anybody again. The minute you do, the lens of that hurt and that pain and that, and that stronghold becomes how you see the world. And you're automatically looking for a reason for that person to hurt you. You're automatically looking for a reason for this person that's going to affect you. I, it's a cycle. I hear it all the time. I counsel people all the time. It's a cycle in their life. They're like, every time I step out, it's the same thing. But, you know, the, the same thing is the common denominator is the person sitting next to me, talking to me. It's a lens in which you see the world, and you're looking for an opportunity for that person to hurt you. 
You're looking for an opportunity for that event to happen again. And when it does, it just solidifies the lie. You slap some more mortar on another brick and you build the wall higher. And you build the wall higher. And you build the wall higher. Until eventually, you're in there all by yourself. But you're not by yourself. Like I said, the enemy is walled in with you. And he's not even telling you how to build anymore. You've got the system down. You've got the blueprint. And you're building this stronghold on top of, each, of it. And you just keep getting it higher and higher. And the enemy is in your living room watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. He's got you. He, he's built the stronghold. And now you've believed the lie, you've made the vow, the stronghold is there. And so what do we do? The good news is we have the tools to tear it down. God has given us the tools to destroy the works of the enemy, but the bad news is we got to pick the tools up and do the work. Here's the thing about strongholds. You can't cast out a stronghold. You can't rebuke a stronghold. You can't pray away a stronghold. Strongholds have to be dealt with. Strongholds have to be dealt with with the mind and the will. You have to apply something to it. It has to be demolished. It has to be taken down. It has to be destroyed and pounded into dust. There can't be anything remaining of that stronghold because it will try to rebuild itself every single time. You cannot be passive with a stronghold. You cannot sit there and go, well, it's going to take care of itself. It's never going to take care of itself because what you tolerate will eventually dominate. Anything you tolerate will eventually dominate your life. And so we have to take it, it brick by brick and tear it down, tear every lie down brick by brick, moment by moment. We have to give it to Jesus and let him grind it down to nothing and make it submit, as this passage says. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We're taking that stronghold and grinding it down and making it obedient to Christ. I love how the message translation puts this uh, passage in Corinthians. He says this, Eugene Peterson puts it this way. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way, never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. He's saying, anyway, when a thought comes, you catch it, you make it obedient to Christ. This is how we tear down the strongholds in our life. But how do we tear them down once they're built? Well, the first thing we need to do is step one. I'm going to give you a four-step process to get rid of strongholds. Step one, well, we got to identify the stronghold. You have to know that you have a stronghold. Many people don't know they have a stronghold in their life. Other people see it. But most people don't realize that the thing they're dealing with is a stronghold in their life. They're, they're saying, man, I can't get past this. There's something in my life that's that I just keep bumping up against every time I fall back into this, this thing. Like I can't get past this addiction. I can't get past this attitude. I can't get past this, this something that jumps out. I can't get past these things. And I want to tell you, that's a, that's a stronghold in your life. And so we have to identify the stronghold. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You identify it in your thought life. Then you will learn to know God's will 
for you. Remember, it's, it's a battle of the will. You have to line up with his will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So how do we identify a stronghold in our life? Well, what's something you just can't get past to talk about? Uh, where is there something in your life that's not bringing life? What's bringing death? What kind of thoughts permeate your mind in the shower when you're all alone, when nobody's around? Many of you may cry in the shower because of the thoughts that permeate your mind, like I'm not good enough, it's always going to be this way. There's nothing I can do about the situation. I'm always going to be addicted to this thing. What's the thought you think about when you're driving to work? What are the negative thoughts? What are the things that, that bring death to your thought life that may be a stronghold in your life? Strongholds always bring death, and we have to identify it. Here's one stronghold I've dealt with a, a lot in my whole life, and that's the stronghold of inadequacy. You know, the stronghold of inadequacy is I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to amount to anything. And, you know, you try to pinpoint where that happened and where that started. It might have started when I was young. I don't know. But I've always had that, that feeling like I'm inadequate. And I've dealt with this stronghold for a long time. And, and I'm going to tell you how we help overcome this stronghold. And I'm just sharing a stronghold in my life and how we tear it down and how we apply the truth to it. Because the stronghold was that, like I'm always, like I'm inadequate, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. And the lie comes in after that because something happens at an event, maybe I make a decision that was poor, maybe I say something that was off, maybe, you know, I'm a pastor, so maybe my message wasn't good, I thought, and the enemy swoops in and says, well, see, you're inadequate. And he comes in, he lies to you, he tells you that you're not good enough, and, and you start to believe that lie, and then you make a vow, well... Maybe I just need to go find something else to do. Maybe somebody else is better. Maybe, maybe I am inadequate. So I'm not going to try again. I'm not going to study. I'm not going to do, put myself out there again. And that inadequacy becomes a lens in which we see our life. I think a lot of us deal with inadequacy. A lot of us deal like we're not good enough. And the problem is, is once we find that stronghold and once it starts to define our lives, we start comparing ourselves with everyone else. That's how it works. And I see somebody else uh, profiting or somebody else becoming uh, like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Prospering, right? Success, that's the word. Success, being successful or doing something better than I am. And then I say, see, see, I'm not good enough. And I believe the lie and the lie gets into my soul and I make a vow like I'm not going to try again. And so we have to, number two, identify, number one, identify the stronghold. Like I said, it's something that just dominates your thoughts. Number two, we have to expose the lie. And here's the truth about exposing lie. Only the lie to Jesus can expose that lie. Because we don't know we're deceived. <laughs> That's the great thing about lies. We don't know we're deceived. And so we have to have the light of Jesus to, to show us where we have believed the lie. I love Ephesians 5, 7. It says, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. If you're a believer, you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So how do you identify the lie? If it's not bringing life, if it's not pure, if it's not good, if it's not right, if it's not true, then it's probably a lie you're believing about the situation. 
And then he says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Does your negative idea or thought life about the, the situation you're in, is that pleasing to the Lord? Is that what the Lord says? Is that the truth? Or is it a lie? And he says, take no part in that because it's worthless. It's evil. It's darkness. Instead, expose that lie with light. And this is the hardest part. This is the hardest part about this whole thing is exposing the lie by, by, by understanding that we are deceived, that we don't see the truth. And so how do we overcome that? Because the lie has become a thought pattern in our life. It's, it's a lens in which we see everything. And it takes sometimes an outside source of light to see that lie. If I go outside in the dark, I need a flashlight with me, right, so I can see. And sometimes it takes somebody with a flashlight shining something in your life to show you that you believed a lie. There's many people in my life, good friends, that have called that lie out of me because I'll say something. I'm like, man, this is how it is. And I'm like, that's not true. You know that's not true. Think about this. This is, this is reality. This is the truth. And I'm like, man, I believed a lie. I believed a lie about the situation. I believed a lie about myself. I believed a lie about other people. The truth is we need as much light on the situation as we can get. And so what are the light sources that we need? Well, the first one is the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, you're just sunk in the water. You can't apply the truth if you don't know the truth. Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We have to know the word of God, what the word of God says. And not just, not just read it, but understand what the word means. We need to be studiers of the word of God. We have to get it into our souls. And you'll be amazed. I mean, there's so many times I'm amazed that what comes out of me in moments, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was even in there. That was in the Bible somewhere. And I'd read it maybe six, seven months ago. And it just comes out, and it's the truth. We need to know the word of God. The word of God is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. That's a passage. All through Scripture, he talks about this light of the word of God. It lights our path. It shows us the things in our life that are, that are death and brings them out into the open. It exposes it. And then another light source is the church. It's people in the church. It's people that you can come to. It's people in a group that are able to see things in you that you don't see. There's people in the church that come to me all the time and say, Pastor, are you dealing with something? And my first response is like, I'm a pastor. I don't deal with anything. Because that's how we're supposed to be, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, just this is going on. It's like, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And, and there's times maybe you've gone to group, there's a small group, or you've been to a study and people see something in you, maybe a lie you've believed. You say something and like, man, what, do you, what is that? Where did that come from? That's not true. That's not true. This is the truth. You need people sometimes to shine the light on your situation so that you can get undeceived by the enemy. That's why Christ made the church. That's why he made the church, so we can help each other to be more like him, to shine the light on the works of the enemy, so we can stand together and, and that we can get light on the lies of our life. Another light source is godly counselors. Please go to a godly counselor, someone who sees things the way God sees them. We, you know, I'm not against counseling. Counseling's good. You need to get counseling. I refer people to counseling all the time. Because you need somebody to, to interject something into your situation because you're not seeing it clearly. All you're seeing is the lie in that moment. You need somebody to come in and interject the truth into that situation. 
And, and with, this, with this stronghold of inadequacy, I've had to take a three-pronged approach. I've had to apply the word of God. I've had to have people in my life. And I have to have counseling to deal with it. Because you, I need as much light on the situation as I can get, to be honest. It's like the sliver you get in your finger and you're trying to pull it out and you can't see it because it's so dark, right? What do you do? You go, get the flashlight. And they shine it on there and you can dig it out. Good. Sometimes we need as much light on the situation as possible in order to remove the lie in our life. And then number two, number three, how do we, so we first realize that we have a stronghold and then we expose the lie with the light of Jesus and then we apply the truth. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's the word of God. That's the thing that cuts. That's the thing that breaks down this whole barrier, this whole stronghold. The word of God is the truth that has to get applied to that deception. So you identify the lie and apply the truth. Identify the lie and apply the truth. It's making every thought captive and obedient to Christ. You're applying the truth to it. I mean, think about it. This is what Jesus did. When he, when he was baptized, he came out of the water. The Holy Spirit fell on him. Immediately he was led into the desert to be tempted. And how did he fight every accusation and lie from the enemy? With the word of God. The enemy would say, is it really written this? Is this if you're really the son of God, then do this. If you're really the son of God... He attacked, he, he attacked his identity. He attacked who he was. And what did Jesus do? He just said, it is written. It is written. It is written. That's how we defeat the lies of the enemy. We say it is written. It's written this. It's written that. And so what I've had to do in this approach of inadequacy, and, I, and if you're dealing with it today, I want to give you some truth to apply to that. Because I've had to sit there and go, no, this isn't true. What does God say about my inadequacy? He says this, I'm called according to his purposes. That's Romans 8, 28. It isn't by might or strength, but my spirit, says the Lord. That's, that's Zechariah 4, 6. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 37. He is able through me to accomplish more than I might ask or think. That's Ephesians 3, 20. This is good stuff. Look, if it worked for Jesus, it'll work for you. I think it's a good pattern. I mean, if Jesus laid the, laid the groundwork with this, I think we should follow it. It is written. When the enemy comes in and tries to see the lie in your life, you should say, no, Satan, it is written. It is written. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. It is written that I am able, that I am strong, that I have a sound mind, that I have integrity, that I am a son of righteousness. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. It is written that these things do not define me. These lies cannot come in and conquer our thoughts, we have to obliterate that brick with the truth. The ministry team this morning was in there, and Stephanie was sharing how she demolishes the bricks. She pulled out some note cards. She said, every one of these note cards, I've written a lie that the enemy has told over me. But under that, she's written scriptures about that lie. And I think that's a good, that's a good idea for us to do. Maybe you're dealing with something and, and you don't know the truth. Dig it up. You know, I, I tell you, it's okay to Google scriptures, right? Just make sure where your source is coming from, yes. right? But it's okay to go. It's like, man, I'm really dealing with this. Lord, I'm, I'm, 
I'm dealing with this addiction. What do I do? Look up scriptures about addiction. Write them down. Get them in your heart. Pray over it. Like really start to combat and break that stronghold down with the word of God. Christian, if you want to come up. So you identify the stronghold, right? You, you identify the stronghold, you expose the lie, you apply the truth, and then you think you're good because the stronghold's down, but if you're not careful, it'll get built back up. You have to do one more thing. You have to build an altar. You have to build an altar to the Lord on top of that. You got to make a new vow. You, because the old vow is gone, you got to make a new vow to God. Remember, the psalmist says, I will, Lord. I will run to you. I will trust you. I will go after you. God, you are my stronghold and my strong tower. So you have to build an altar once we demolish it. There's a story in the Bible of a young man named Gideon. He kind of had the same problems I did. He felt inadequate. The Lord called Gideon and said, Gideon, it's time for your people to get out of bondage. And Gideon argued with the Lord. He said, Lord, who am I? <laughs> I'm nobody. I'm from a nobody clan. I'm the less from my, I'm, I'm like the smallest guy in my family. God, who am I to call? I and mean, you're calling me, I'm hiding from the enemy in a wine press. And you're telling me I'm this great and powerful warrior. And, and Gideon has to, and, and many times he comes to God and he goes, are you sure you called me? So he, he casts fleece and he asks, he does these tests for the Lord to, to prove that he is who God says he is. And when he finally realizes that it's God who's speaking to him, God says, Gideon, I'm sending you out. I'm choosing you to take out the enemy. But you have a stronghold in your family. There's a stronghold in your village, and you have to tear it down. And so he goes to Gideon this point in Judges 6, 2, 5. And he says this. I'm reading out of the, a different translation, the Lexingham English Bible. It says, now on the same night, Yahweh said to him, take the bull of the cattle that belongs to your father and a second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. The stronghold was this idolatry and this idolatry was leading this whole nation aside and God's judgment was on this nation because of their idolatry. And so God was coming to Gideon and saying, I want to save your people. I want to step in, but you have to get rid of this stronghold of idolatry in your life and in your family's life. Your dad built this. He, your dad built this altar to Baal. Your dad built this Asherah pole. You are to tear down what your father built. And I know in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about those, that lineage that we inherit. And we're going to tear down some of those idols and some of those strongholds that we inherited from our families. But God is telling Gideon, you have to do this. You have to tear it down. And so Gideon does what he's told. And God tells him, tear it down and build an altar to Yahweh your God on top of this stronghold. So that was the old stronghold. Tear it down and build a new altar on top of this stronghold in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you cut down. That's good. He tells Gideon, tear it down. Use that as fuel for worship. Use that as fuel to praise me. We have to come in and we have to give him the glory and the honor. We have to praise him. We have to say, God, thank you for removing this stronghold from my life. I'm going to build on top of that stronghold an altar to you. That way you cannot live. That's pounding it into dust. That's getting rid of it forever. We have to build an altar to Jesus. 
because he gives us what we need. And so this is how I want to end today. I have a prayer for you. And I had, I forgot to give this to you guys. Sorry, I have to print those out and I'll get those to you. I'll send them in an email if you want it. But I had a list of, of 30 truths to apply to your lies. So I'm, I'm telling you, so you hold me accountable to get that out to you guys. I'll put it on our Facebook page so you can download it. Because sometimes we need help. And so this is how we build strongholds. This is how we tear them down. This is how we get rid of them. We identify the stronghold. We expose the lie. We apply the truth. And then we build an altar on top of it. These strongholds have no place in your life. He has given us the strength to get rid of them. And the best way to build an altar is simply share your testimony. It's like, man, God has done so much in my life. Like this used to be my, this used to be my bent. This used to be my stronghold. But now I put an altar to God on top of it. Say, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed because God is greater. God is good. God has set me free. God has revived. He has restored. He's restored my marriage. He's restored my life. He's given me new purpose. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to build an altar on top of those strongholds. And so this is our prayer that we pray. May write this down, take a picture like we did last week. It's very simple. You can come to the Lord and pray. He says, Lord, show me where my strongholds are because he knows where they're at. God, whatever it takes to reveal those strongholds in my life, show me where my strongholds are. King David prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, if there's anything unclean within me, then show me. If there's anything in my heart that doesn't please you, then reveal that to me so that I may deal with it and give it to you. So Lord, show me where my strongholds are. And then Lord, show me the lies I have believed. What are the lies I believed about the situation, about the event? Then you ask him, show me what you say about these lies. What do you say about this? That's the greatest question to ask God. If If you're alone with him in your quiet time, it's the greatest question to ask him. And he's always answered me. You sit there and say, God, what do you want to say to me today? What do you want to say about this situation? So often we forget to ask God what he wants in a certain situation. And we just go our own way and we find ourselves in trouble. We need to ask God, what do you want to do in this situation? So show me what you say about these lies. And then the last thing is, is the altar part. Show me what I'm missing or what has been stolen from me. Because the event took something from you. It took your dignity. might have took some of your identity. The event happened, and it stole something, but but Jesus can give it back to you tenfold. And so you ask, Lord, show me what's been stolen from me. And then, Lord, fill this place, this thing that has been stolen, this stronghold with your presence. And then... I praise you for demolishing the strongholds in my life. It's praise. It's building an altar. And so today, I want you to stand with me. And we're going to pray this together, and I'm going to lead you through this. And I, I know that as we do this, God's going to reveal some strongholds in your life. He's going to reveal some lies that you've believed. And he's going to speak to you. So this is how I'm going to lead it. And I just want you to be receptive to the Lord. So, Lord, right now, Lord, show us 
where you're strong, where our strongholds are. Show us the strongholds in our life. addiction maybe alcohol could be as simple as sugar what's the lie you've believed about that that you need it that you can't cope without it that it brings comfort so that's the next thing we ask Lord once once you identify that stronghold you say Lord What's the lie I've believed? For many of you, your identity and who you are is tainted because of an event that happened. You think you're damaged. You think you're dirty. You think you're not good. You think you're not good enough. What's the lie about that situation? The lie is you deserved it. The lie is shouldn't have put myself out there. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The lie is God is angry at me. God hates me. That's a lie. Then we ask the Lord, what is the truth? What do you say about this? Just ask him that. identity. He is our hope. Maybe you're hopeless today. He is our hope. He has given us a sound mind. Maybe maybe your mind's running crazy. He has given us a sound mind. Maybe you've got a diagnosis and the enemy's lying to you. He's saying it's terminal. You're done. The truth is, is God's our healer. Maybe you think you're too far gone from God and there's no way God can forgive you. The truth is, he's a redeeming God. Jesus died for you. He paid the ultimate price for you on the cross. He has applied his blood to your life and that makes you righteous and clean and perfect in his eyes if you just accept it. God doesn't make garbage. Scripture says you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are made in the image of God.
Maybe it stole your dignity. Maybe it brought in fear and anxiety into your life. Maybe it stole your childhood. I don't know. But the Lord's your redeeming God. Just ask him simply, Lord, fill in that space. Give it to King Jesus. Jesus, I give you the pain of that moment. You can have it, Lord. Fill it with your presence. Give me what was stolen. Give me back the joy that was stolen from me, the peace that was stolen from me. Give me back my personality. Thank you, God, that you've redeemed me. Thank you, God, that you saved me. Thank you, God, that you fill in all the gaps. Thank you, God, that your truth overcomes every lie in my life. I'm going to build an altar unto you, God. I'm going to share my testimony, God, to say you destroyed the strongholds in my life, and now I give my life to you. You are the king of my life. You are my stronghold. You are my refuge. You are the place that I run to. God, you give me what I need. Nothing else can satisfy me. And then you worship. Thank you for demolishing that stronghold. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the tools that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that we would identify every stronghold in these people's lives, Lord. That you would identify every single stronghold. God, from the smallest little hill to the greatest tower in their life. God, and you would just start to demolish it bit by bit, piece by piece, God, that you would just come in like a wrecking ball and destroy every stronghold that is not of you. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would dispel every lie that the enemy has seeded into these people's minds, God. Dispel every lie that we believed, God. I pray that we would apply the truth, that we would understand who we are in you. God, that we would walk in power and authority and in might and joy, Lord, and love. Thank you, God, for that. I pray that we would praise you, God, with every part of our being. God, that we would build an altar in our homes, that we build an altar in our offices, that we build an altar in our showers. God, and, and, our, and our tears would turn to joy and our tears would turn into praise because you, God, are king of all things. We thank you, Lord, for saving us and giving us life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Good. God bless y'all. Have a great week. And don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies. Not today, Satan, right? All right, God bless you.